Welcome to the Spring Hills Podcast. My name is Garrett Elliott. I'm the worship pastor here at Spring Hills. And I'm excited to bring this episode to you today because it was a sermon recap from this new series, The Church is Essential. Pastor Brett and Pastor John joined me in the green room on Sunday night, and we had a really awesome discussion about this first sermon from this series. So I'm looking forward to sharing that with you. But first, I do want to remind you that tonight is First Wednesday, so don't miss out on that. It'll be streaming live at 7 p.m. Go to springhills.org to find out where and watch the sermon live. It's going to be really, really cool. Also, Adventure Week's coming up. Be sure to sign your kids up for it. It's going to be a ton of fun, so you don't want to miss out on it. Go to springhills.org slash adventureweek to get your kids signed up. Spots are going quick, so act fast. All right. Let's go ahead and check out this episode of the Spring Hills Podcast. Today, I'm joined by Pastor Brett and Pastor Jonathan Knapp. We're going to talk about our week number one sermon series is starting with The Church is Essential. Not is the church essential, the church is essential. So Pastor Brett, with this new series, go ahead and give us a little bit of background on why you chose to do this series and why you're calling it The Church is Essential. Well, you know, there's been a lot of discussion with our local authorities, the state government, et cetera, et cetera, about things staying open that are essential. And so we know the list. Of course, you can go to a grocery store. That's essential. Yeah. Uh, You can go to Home Depot. That's essential because you may need a light bulb or something for your house. Liquor store. Yeah. And so that's the problem. We get down to <laughs> liquor stores being and deemed essential and uh, dispensaries, abortion clinics. And so I don't expect, and I, I said it in the sermon, I don't expect local authorities or even our state to understand the essential nature of the church. I don't, I don't think there's a conspiracy against mm-hmm. the church. I just think they don't, how can I say it nicely? They don't get it. Uh, as the scripture would say, they are blind. Blinded. Satan has blinded the minds of the unbelieving, mm-hmm. so they they don't understand right. the real battle we're in, and the real battle we're in is spiritual. Yeah, it's not against flesh and blood. It's hard. It's hard to have a conversation like where you're trying to tell uh, the community leaders the church is essential when they don't see the Bible as truth. Right, and they what did they picture church as? I mean, I've thought about this. I mean, I, yeah. I pictured church as sort of people going through a religious drill, mm. you know, stand up, sit down kind of stuff. Give us that, money. Give Yeah, a taking an offering. Uh, maybe they picture a some kind of a, a rummage sale that the church <laughs> gathers Garage, together. A lot of older people doing Potlucks a rummage. Yeah, stuff. that's it. The stereotypes. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. that's it. They don't understand that man made in the image of God is spiritual. Yeah. Physical, emotional, spiritual, and needs to have his spiritual life addressed, his relationship to God addressed. If you take that out, I mean, all you're left with is a physical being that eats, drinks, you know, cohabitates. Mm -hmm. That's it. And you're not addressing man's relationship to God. And the church is the only institution in the world that addresses man's relationship to God, which is the most important thing. Absolutely. Right. Let me ask you this. This just came to my mind because you mentioned in your message that you, and you had told the staff earlier this week at the end of the zoom call that you were on with pastors and um, our County health director, you said at the end of it, you sent a message saying that you were praying for her, that you knew her job was tough. Um, 
with, uh, I feel like there's a lot of, and I'll speak just to my own feelings. There's a lot of, um, I don't want to call it anxiety, but kind of like anxiety, fear, anger uh, toward the decisions being made. So responding with love and saying, we know your job is hard and we're praying for you. How can um, just we as church leaders be encouraging our church family to be responding in love rather than in frustration? Yeah, you know, the scripture says about overcoming, not overcoming evil with evil, but overcoming evil with good. And uh, I've gone back and forth on these Zoom calls. I've listened to other pastors be really gracious and loving and kind and almost saying, we'll never open the church again if you guys don't think we should. You know, I mean, they don't say that, but that's yeah. that's what I feel oh, they're no. saying. It's we like the church, you know, and I'm I'm uh, so I, I go back and forth. Um, and but when I can when I talk to direct message, if you will, uh, Sundari, Mace, our health director, when I direct messaged her, uh, I just, I just wanted to know we're, we're praying for her. I, I could hear in her voice she's trying to protect the health of the community. She's not trying to oppose the church. It's not some big conspiracy no, that she's no, just she, like, nope, this is my opportunity to take y'all down. You know, to her, we're in a we're in a confined space. We're yeah. we're singing. We're together. High fives, hugs. You know, whatever she pictures. And why do you guys need that? It's fine for a while it's without. It's dangerous, it. you know. So yeah. Um. Anyways, but I I think we. Probably convinced her in some of those meetings that we're not out to get her yeah, or ruin yeah. the community. We really, you know, love our community, but tried to help her understand that man does not live by bread alone. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, John, you um, you had mentioned earlier today just with uh, with the staff how excited you were about this series. What are your general thoughts about mm. today? Oh, my general thoughts. Um, you know, I actually sent a text message to Brett and the the other staff earlier today, just talking to them about the importance of today's message just for my own sanity in the world that we live in today. You know, you can easily find yourself in some sort of tailspin of chaos and not knowing what to believe and being confused about different things unless you have an anchor, unless you have some sort of truth that has been spoken to you or that you've read from the Bible. And that's the point of the whole entire sermon is that church is essential because we need to be able to hear the word of God. We need to be able to speak the word of God over people's lives so that they won't be victim to all the craziness that's going on right now. And it is a horrible situation that we're in. You know, it is, it is beyond hard. For so many, we have division, we have hate, we have so much chaos. And in the midst of all this, it's it all, I think, can be tied back to this idea of spiritual blindness. Yeah. Haven't you found a lot of comfort by watching or looking at everybody's <laughs> Facebook posts and opinions? Stay and off of Facebook, everyone. <laughs> Social media is rough. Social right now, media yeah. is rough. Everybody's oh got their gosh. opinion of things and posting things. And yeah. You just can't get into the fray. No, you can't. Um, I mean, I have to admit, I, I never do because I can't win. Mm. You know, I'm not going to win this thing. Um, but it is, if you can, if you can take a step back, it's, it's fascinating to see what people are thinking about everything. Yeah. It's just, it's a study in itself. Yeah. Yeah, it really is a study in itself. Just, you learn a lot about people from what they're posting. And I, I typically, um, my, you know, my social media philosophy has always been, I just, I'm, I like it to have, to stay in touch with people. 
to post about basketball, which no one ever cares about, to post <laughs> I about do. I love movies. Your I love your Michael Jordan, Jordan last trivia. <laughs> <laughs> if you ever follow my social media stuff, it's pointless things, um, unless it's about my family and stuff. But and that's your not TikToks pointless. But are fantastic. So yeah, <laughs> thank you. I appreciate that. Um, apparently, I was made for lip syncing movie scenes. Uh, anyways, yeah. So social media, it's definitely a little bit rough right now. Um, I I have the urge to respond to things because I have opinions and I have. Um, thoughts that I I feel like man I'm gonna share this right now but like you said you can't win um, but just as like as Christ followers how would you guys uh, how would you guys encourage our church just to be responding to people right now because social media is the primary way that a lot of people are communicating right now because we're not congregating in places and um, getting together so it's not face to face conversations you're hidden behind a screen and a keyboard so how do we as Christ followers mm respond and communicate with people and have these conversations effectively. You know, I, I tried to do that in the first Wednesday message. I, so I want to encourage everybody that listens to this before our first Wednesday to tune in uh, to the first Wednesday service. It'll be encouraging for you from a worship perspective. And the band does such a great job leading us in worship. And then I tried in the message to do that very thing, to address what do we say about what's going on how do we look at it? Uh, how are we going to fix it? That whole thing. Because I've, I've listened to some pastors, national, nationally known pastors, big church pastors, all of that. I've watched them respond on Instagram or on Facebook, or they're, you know, they put out a post on Twitter or something. And I, I'll, I'll be honest with you, I've been disappointed with every mm. one of them. I really have. I just, I just kind of feel like they're trying to you know, say it right. Their audience is a mixed audience mm-hmm. of unbelieving people, of believers, of some of the uh, high, those who are high up in whatever political ranks or entertainers. You know, some of these guys are, and and so I hear them trying to respond to everybody, and it just falls flat for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I tried uh, in the first Wednesday message. I tried to give what I would call a biblical response. That's mm. it. So it's not going to please everybody. Right. If, no. if, you know, so, so I think, I think we want to try to stay to some scriptural truths yeah. in this. Absolutely. No, I think that you would want to make sure whatever you say, you say that you, you say what, because rooted in scripture, um, you stand for what you truly believe in. You say it kindly, you know, you don't want to be mean and rude about right. it. You know, that you don't solve any problems or you don't gain any common ground by being hateful. But I think at the end of the day, I think for me, when I begin thinking about what do I want to type, what do I want to write, what do I want to say, I need to know that at the end of the day, uh, whatever I say, I'll be held accounted for. Yeah. And I want I want what I say to, to, to really glorify God, be about who He is. You know, I think... I come back to, you know, the greatest commandment is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. If you can operate out of those two things, I think you'll find yourself not getting into hot water. Um, Obviously, you can't control how people take the things you say, but really, the Lord knows the intentions of your heart. Mm -hmm. And as as you navigate those waters, I think you will please Him. And I think that's who you should be thinking about when you're typing is ultimately your witness as a Christian and who you are and, you know, how you can continue to witness in a strong way for the glory of God. 
Um, it's just a sticky situation, and so I look forward to yeah, watching I the wanted first to. Wednesday sermon. I wanted, my prayer all the time when I go to share something from Scripture or give a sermon or a message, my prayer is always, Lord, give me understanding. Lord, give me discernment. Uh, in other words, Lord, I want whatever comes out of my mouth to be true. Right. Let the words of my mouth because, and the meditations of my you heart. You know, when I was in seminary, uh, I one of the professors said to us students in seminary, he said, you know, your interpretation of Scripture is more determined by your personality than it is your exegesis. Sure. <laughs> and I was like, whoa. Okay. Whoa. Yeah. And he, and he, like we had to write, all of us had to write a paper on divorce and marriage in the Bible. You know, what does the Bible say about divorce and marriage? It'd be an interesting podcast sometime, yeah. by the way. People, you know, have a lot of questions. But he said, I'll t- I know how you're going to come out on that, just depending on your personality. Based on your personality. So that's always humbled me. It's like, I don't want to come to the scripture with my personality. I want to ask God to, f- you know, fight through that so I can try to determine what what God is saying. Yeah. You know, not not filtered. Yeah. And do I do that perfectly? Absolutely not. Yeah. Uh, to I was, our listeners, pray for me on that. I was going to say that. You, Recognizing you're not perfect. We're all far from perfect. And so nothing we say is going to necessarily come from a perfect person. Uh, But at the same time, I think we have to operate knowing that we're trying to point people to uh, a perfect Savior, a perfect God who loves them perfectly. And, Mm -hmm. you know, but we can't we can't be self-righteous. You know, self-righteous has no room um, in the conversation at all. And I think you just have to recognize that and. You know, I get I, another good question to ask yourself is, do I need to say this? Right. Do I need to? Yeah. That's good the, that's point. the hardest thing do with I me. Even is need like, to say this? You don't need to say it. You know what? That's I mean, what? gosh, there's been times where, um, cause I, I mean, we've, we probably all have people in our lives, family, friends that differ on, um, opinions and definitely differ on better heated opinions right now with things that are going on. And I've had a conversation, um, just with one of my friends specifically where he disagrees with me on a lot of things, but it was really like, it it felt like a really good conversation because both of us were just letting each other say what we were wanting to say. And neither of us were getting mad at the other one. It was just Mm. like, Oh, okay, well this is how I feel about that. And this is where I'm coming from with this. And it felt nice to have a conversation like that. And then I, caught myself later just kind of on Facebook wanting to say one of the same things that I had yeah. said. And I'm like, I can't do this because it's not going to get heard well, it come- through ears of somebody that knows me personally, cares yeah. about me, and even has any uh, any care about what I'm going to say. Someone else is just going to jump on it. And, and it all comes you know. back to how Brett set up this whole entire message was the spiritual blindness. Yeah. Consider who your audience is, too, and who you're right, talking to. Right. You know, if you're talking to someone who's not a believer, then you can't hold them to believer standards. Right. You can't hold them to a biblical understanding of X, Y, Z. Yeah. You have to recognize that they are spiritually blind, and they need to come under the sound of the gospel in order for those eyes to be unblinded, for mm-hmm. their ears to be unblocked. And in order for that to happen, it has to be a move of God in their life. No yeah, argument yes. is going to bring them from, you know, condemnation into salvation, you know, um, arguments don't, don't end up that way. Um, God works and he can use us, but we've got to recognize that, that it's, it's him at work. You and know? that's why the church is essential, essential. because right. the church brings the word of God into the culture. Yeah. It like the first century church, it says about them, they were devoted to the apostles teaching. And I pointed out in the message that, you know, so, uh, 3000 people respond and become Christians 
as a result of Peter's sermon. That's yeah. awesome. 3,000 freshly. Yeah, how many were today, Brett? On fire with for your the sermon. Lord. What do you think? Yeah. You're hitting 3,000? Yeah, maybe three per sermon. Awesome for me. Uh, but they, you have 3,000 freshly redeemed believers sitting in front of you. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching because they didn't know anything. They yeah. just didn't know anything. So they're hungry for truth. They're hungry for hungry for God's word, Old Testament, uh, you know, how Jesus fulfills Old Testament prophecy, who he is, who is God, all of that. And the church is the one that brings the apostles' teaching. They We yeah. bring it through the New Testament, which essentially is yeah. apostolic teaching. So the world needs to hear the word of God. We've got to get it out. Otherwise... They're becoming more and more deluded, more and more deceived, more and more uh, prejudiced to their experience, personality, mm-hmm. background, uh, the media. Yeah. They're getting a do- They can't, you know, to discern the voices is becoming um, more and more uh, rare. You know, people don't have a grid. So we give them, you know, the church needs to speak the word of God to the culture so they can think about truth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, truth is a big topic just because you never, I was talking to, I think it was last week when we were here with you and uh, and Caitlin talking about like, you just never know what's true with like your, what you're reading mm-hmm. on Facebook. But with the Bible, you always know this is truth. Yeah, it comes from God. And it's like, it's so, uh, it's comforting just to know, like I'm reading truth right now. And when you're reading media, you know, blogs or whatever that posts and stuff, and you see a video and you're like, okay, how was this manipulated to make me think this way? Because you really can watch you can pretty much make anybody believe anything and just twist it however you want. Yeah. Uh, I wanted to go through your four points, Brett. So, um, number one, uh, and I don't know if I re- wrote this one down. Um, they were, they were devoted. devoted. They were devoted. I love that word devoted. So you, you said they were devoted and then you said to, to one another and they were devoted to worshiping God and serving God. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it was, a, it wasn't the best of outlines, uh, because it's oh, like, I followed no, it was because it, it, okay. it it's truth, Brett. No, it <laughs> it's true. No, so they were devoted the, about the devotion and that something had happened in their life. You know, yes. something had happened. They, they went from, I don't know if you use this word exactly, but this idea of just consuming things that actually did being actively dedicated servants in the, in the pursuit of that thing that they had devoted themselves to, which is God. And so, you know, you said a sure mark of a Christian is that their devotions change. And I really love that. You know, it's a devotion. What are you devoted to? What are you devoted to? What has your heart? What has your mind? What has your time? What has your money? What has your energy? You know, those things that you devote, you know, that you have your, your resources, you know, when, when you become a believer in Jesus, truthfully, your, your devotion changes and your heart is made new, you know, the old is gone, the new has come. And it's a beautiful thing to see a, a devoted person who loves God and wants right. to live that out. Yeah. I mean, if somebody, if somebody has no interest in the teaching of the New Testament or no desire for worshiping God uh, or the fellowship, it's questionable whether they're a Christian at all. Mm-hmm. If they have no interest in logging online. Oh my yes, it's no, springhills.org slash live. <laughs> no, I'm joking. Because you know, people are always asking, you know, is that person a Christian? Is that person a Christian? Yeah. And so, I, I mean, I think, not that we're supposed to go around judging everybody. Judgments, yeah. But they were, they were converted, obviously, 3,000, and they were devoted to these things. 
<clears throat> that's a change in their life. Yeah. Yeah. We saw today Garrett Ward had let us know there was um I think he said five people today have accepted Christ through Praise our God. our services, yeah. which is amazing to hear. Um and yeah, so the devotion um this is pro- perfect message for them to hear about because you kind of gave a good little uh bottom line of like, hey, here's what you do next. You're yes. devoted to this. Um it made me think about our team night, the people that I was kind of pleasantly surprised, not that I doubted that our team would show up, but we did the drive-through team night the other night. And I was um, pleasantly surprised how many people showed up. And yeah, we thought we were going to run out of ice cream. It was amazing also, to yeah. see all of them here, all of you, uh, those of you that showed up that night. Um, it was so fun to see you, and you could tell all of us were so chatty with each of you. We miss you guys. <laughs> um, and a lot of talk about how, how much this is missed. And um, devo- they're devoted to worshiping together. They're devoted to serving together, and they're devoted, um, they're devoted to, to the teaching. So. Uh, they showed that by showing up the other night, and every single one of them was like, "When are we coming back? Do we know?" I know. And you well, can do. Asked. We can do those things somewhat yeah. online. Yeah, you know, yeah. But you can't. You can't replace the dynamic of the Holy Spirit in a room with people. Because for me, as a preacher, there's a dynamic that's going on during the sermon. Right. Yeah. Depending on who's in the room, what the Holy Spirit is really saying, and. I'm very aware of his promptings during a sermon for the people that are there. Mm-hmm. And the other thing is, you know, when you're online, if, if you don't like the sermon, you just you flip the channel. Just you were saying in the second Let's, point. Plus, yeah. people are cleaning Sleep the dishes the up. They're, they got it going in Washing the background. Their car. Let's go see what yeah. Furtick is saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Switch over. I mean, and it, uh, you know, so, social media really fosters a selfishness. Yeah. Uh, we can, we, we follow who we want to follow. We watch, we want to watch when we want to watch it. And so church online just kicks into this whole selfish thing. I'll, I'll watch it later if I have time where the church family teaches love. Yeah. Right. You're there. There's hard people to love in the church. There's sacrifices made, uh, out of love for Christ, love for people. You, you are maturing spiritually in the life of the church online. It just is more of, I get it when I want it, how much of it I want. And uh, so it, it's not healthy for the church yeah. long-term at all. Yeah, yeah, man, when I'm sitting in here, uh, and on Sunday mornings, uh, Saturday nights, I'm typically at home, and we'll watch the service together as a family. Um, but like the, the kids, I've got young kids, so it's not like my two- and four-year-old are going to sit on the couch and and take you know, it just all take in. it all in. Um, Listen and of here, course, kid. We, we watch all the things that the uh, the next gen team puts together too for the kids, and they of course the, the nine minute stuff, yeah. the nine minute video for the preschool kids. My kids are really perfect. You know, right? they'll watch three or nine four minutes, minutes of it. I kind of like it myself. It's I'm fun. Yeah, you go check out Bowie, yeah, everybody. Uh, Pastor Brett's wife Eve actually voices the superstar puppet Bowie, and <laughs> it's the uh, it's the amazing. One. But yeah, uh, so on Sunday mornings when I'm here, I come down here because I cannot. Caitlin asked me, she's like, why don't you just watch the services here? I'm like, because I can't, I can't focus. And I even, I listened to your sermon four times today because every single time I start doing something else. Oh yeah. And I go, oh, last 10 minutes. I don't remember what he said because I'm like. And that wasn't because the sermon was confusing. No, no, it's not. It's not at all. No. (laughs) No. You know, I I really like the illustration you gave between dating and marriage when it came to the idea of devotion. You know, you, you, they I, what the what really caught my attention was the very part where you said they were married to the church. Right. Yeah. You know, they were married. They, they weren't they weren't dating the church at right. that point. And marriage is so much greater of a commitment than dating. 
And in marriage, you can't run from those types of things. You're devoted to it, you mm-hmm. know, or run away from things that are hard, you know. I, I really loved that that illustration of the devotion towards the church. It's like a, a, a marriage relationship, the covenant, the strong bond mm-hmm. you have. They had that type of devotion. It was beautiful. Yeah, yeah. and Jesus laid his life down for the church. Yeah, yeah. the bride. And we ought to also lay our life down for one another. I mean, that's huge. Yeah. Uh, so... You know, in in terms of the series, I'm like to the county, you know, we can't do we can't do this online. We don't lay our life down for one another online. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's it's not the life of the the church is an organism. It's it's not an organization. It's it's alive. It's functioning. It's the body of Christ. People that together one another, one another's, you know, so um I don't know. I I don't know what our future is. You know, right now we're trying to be patient, and I think that's the right thing. That's love. Yeah. And we do have a, a testimony, a witness to the supervisors, the health director, and everybody in our community. So we don't we don't want to be the rogue church yeah. that spread the virus. But at some point, uh, and we don't want to force God's timing. Yeah. Right. So we're trying to really listen to Him. You yeah. know, and uh, be patient on. All so what you're saying is we should devote ourselves to the apostles' teaching. Yes, is that what you're saying. Oh, yes. point number two. Ooh, good, nice oh, transition. Good. Yeah, going. we need to. Uh, people wow. are starting to go. How long is this one going to be? Wow. Well, you know, and the exciting thing is that we have the apostles' teaching in the New Testament. I mean, Peter, James, John. Those are the guys that were teaching, right? Mm-hmm. Andrew. Although we don't have an, an epistle of Andrew, but the the apostles were teaching the people. And so then in the New Testament, uh, we have Matthew's whole gospel. Mm-hmm. And we have Peter writing his letters. And we have John's gospel and John's letters. I mean, mm-hmm. just apostles. We have the first century Bible study right in front of us. Right. So that's why any Bible study that's really not centered on apostolic teaching, <clears throat> I'm not interested in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and... You know the apostles are unique too. There's no, there's no apostles today like first century apostles. They were eyewitnesses. Yeah, eyewitnesses, man. Can you can you imagine if you were able to do? If you were able to, we're doing Operation Time Machine. Can you imagine if you, for Adventure Week? Can you imagine if you could jump in that time machine, go back, and be an eyewitness mm. to them, some of this stuff? How it would affect your teaching? Yeah. What did Jesus say about his coming? Oh, I was there. We had a Bible study. Jesus told me this. Yeah. You know. Wow. That's crazy. Uh, and, and, uh, and still some people didn't believe it. Yeah. Oh, I know. I know exactly. Oh, I, I hope in heaven we can go back to those, some of those scenes. Yeah. Like, Relive them. Yeah. It's like, can we go on a, like a DVD and go see the parting of the Red Sea? I mean, can we just go watch that? Well, that's be there. Cool. Yeah. Uh, it'd be cool. That'd be really cool. Yeah. Uh, point number three, you say, um, devoted to the fellowship. Mm. Um, I think going back to team night again, I think, uh, we've seen a lot of people with our our uh, church members devoted to the fellowship and man um how important is it the fellowship just to get together and you can see it in their eyes when talking to people like people yeah. are they crave it because we're not made to be isolated we're not made to be alone two are better than one i think as you mentioned that yeah from ecclesiastes chapter four uh, i think that the one of the unintended consequences is going to be the rise in suicides i know mm-hmm. we we're already, already having that in Nord- northern california um, the rise in suicides, depression. the rise in depression, um, you know, drug addiction, uh, alcoholism. People, alcoholism, all of that. Uh, the answer to that is is healthy, loving community relationships, 
people you know that you can share with, bearing yeah. one another's burdens. All of that's the fellowship, and that's the point of of the church being essential. Uh, it's not good for us to be alone. Don't don't make it a habit of not meeting together. The scripture says, but mm-hmm. encourage one another all the more as you see the day drawing near. I didn't go off of that passage in Hebrews ten twenty five, uh, but uh, all the more as you see the day drawing near. Well, look at the day we're in right now. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a day, and you you express it, John. It's like we need we need to get together. We need some fellowship. Yeah. We need some community some prayer because otherwise being alone right now, uh, it's not good. Yeah. My favorite time of the week is when the band comes down here and we do the the recordings because I miss these people. Fellowship. I miss them. I mean, they're, they're, they're a bit, we're basically a small group. Like we, the way we meet together, the way we pray together, we're a small group and I miss them so much. We do zoom calls before the five thirty service and I get to connect with a few of them and it's, it's amazing. Um, Specifically, yesterday, Ken was on the the Zoom call. He's one of our piano players, and I haven't seen Ken in months. Yeah, and right. hardly talked to him at all. So we got to talk for a little while, and it was like it's good to hear some of the stuff that he uh, he was sharing. It's like Ken, let me encourage you and pray for you. And we need that, man. I miss these people and being able to pray for them and be with them, um, and for them to be to do the same for me. Yeah. Number four, you, uh, and this is kind of leading into First Wednesday also, since we have First Wednesday, break, devoted to the breaking of the bread and the prayer. And uh, First Wednesday, we're doing communion. And uh, so don't miss out on that, by the way. First Wednesday is really great. Um, Pastor Brett's going to be doing some teaching. We have the band leading worship. Uh, it's a great way to uh, kind of reconnect with the church midweek. Um, but yeah, devoted to the breaking of the bread and the prayer. Yeah, I... Um I pointed out the definite article there in the original Greek language. They were devoted to the breaking of bread and the prayers. <clears throat> prayers, by the way, plural. Sorry, prayers. Yeah, Lots prayers. So it's it, there was. It, it looks like that's part of their worship, where they had, you know, specific times for the prayers. Which, coming out of their Jewish background, maybe they had that anyway. But it um, that was part of their fellowship, and then also the breaking of bread. So whether it's communion or meals or both, they had a designated time. Mm -hmm. And I I just drew out that they were devoted to that, which was part of their worship. Certainly their prayers were part of their worship. So if you look at the first century church, it was essential for the study of God's word. It was essential for community together, mutual encouragement. It was essential for worshiping the mm-hmm. transcendent God and seeking him in prayer. The church is the only thing that gives people that in the community. Where else do you get it? You're not going to get it at your, you know, your your local PTA meeting or <laughs> attending the uh, supervisor meeting or city council. I mean, the, the church is essential. Connecting man to his creator. And I know I'm talking to the choir here. Pray that the, uh, you know that those who are making decisions about when, when the church can meet, that they somehow get it. I get my little uh, bouts of just being a little bit like rebellious where I'm just like, let's just do it. Just let's do just it. Let's just do it. Open the doors. Like, we're ready. Yeah. Let's, let's go. Let's do it. And, um, I mean, that's just, that's not the, don't, yeah, don't follow my right advice now. on that yeah. one. There are a lot of churches that did open on uh, Pentecost Sunday. They mm-hmm. opened Today. up. It'd be interesting yeah. to hear how it all went. 
Uh, there was like 2,000 churches that I heard of signed on. Interesting. You know, and to do it. Yeah. Then I got an email of some churches in the North Bay asking me to sign on to not doing it. Oh. You know, so I'm like, dude, I'm not signing on anywhere. We're just going to kind of wait and see what happens. I don't want to sign my name yeah. to anything. You Nothing know? good really ends with you signing your name <laughs> on the dotted line. <laughs> just sign right here. Yeah, just some advice for our listeners. Yeah. If you can avoid signing something, I would encourage <laughs> you to do that. I even hate having to sign the, the little thing to pick up a package. Oh yeah. I'm like, I don't want to sign this. What's this? What's take it, what my am I signing signature to? Yeah. And steal my identity or something. <laughs> Yeah. Gosh. So, John, did you have um, devoted to the breaking of the bread and the prayers? Yeah. You know, I, again, I love I love the whole string of narrative that Brett's you know telling us here in this sermon here, and it come it coming back to, for me. The big thing was this whole eyes being open thing. Mm-hmm. You know, eyes being open. The church is essential because we need to open up the eyes of of our community to help discern the confusion, to help discern the things that are difficult to, to bear right now. And the reason for that is because when their eyes are opened, uh, they'll, they'll find encouragement, they'll find hope, they'll find God. That is the reason why the church is essential is because we are here to help people find God. Right. I mean, from the very beginning, that was one of the foundations of our country was the freedom of religion and, you know, God and, and in one nation under God, right? And so uh, I just, I, I, I think more and more about this, this whole entire series is that how timely it is that, that you, I mean, before President Trump even said the church is essential, Brett said, I want to do a sermon series called the church is essential. And I just thought like, that's so, that's so good. I love that. And, and it, there's reasons for it. We're not just saying it because we represent the church. We say it because we deeply believe it. Um, and here's the reasons why, you know, and so we've Brett opened that up today. Yeah. Well, any other final thoughts before we um, close up here? No, other than to say, um, continue to pray. And then remember that God, um, you know, God's not wringing his hands frustrated that the church can't open. You right. know what I mean? I mean, that's like, yeah. <laughs> I get frustrated that the church can't open, but God's not. He's... He's purposefully, if I could put it this way, allowing it to stay close. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, he's not up there going, man, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? So when are they going to open me back up? Is that up? what you're saying? Yeah, you know, I come back to that. Like, Since when has impossible ever stopped you? Oh, right, John? Yeah. So I've got to tune into that, Since and that helps me just, okay, you know? Yeah. Just be anxious for nothing. Mm. And let's pray, and let's do what we're supposed to do, and then watch God Take some rattling bones and put flesh on them and make them alive. I love that if you missed stuff. this, if you missed the closing song from today's service, uh, it's called Rattling by Elevation Worship. Go and listen to it. It'll pick you up. It's a really cool song. John, What's you that? like that song? Oh, my gosh. I can't. That's an understatement. I love. I'm. I'm it I, might be John's favorite I song of all song. time. On the way here, I had to on max, everybody. You need to go listen. He loves it. Elevation worship. It is a good song. Yeah. Listen to the live version. It's so much better. Yeah. I love it. It's really cool. Um, I wanted to ask, what do you, through this, just because I'm, as you were talking just now, Brett, I was kind of just thinking like, man, what is, because um, like you said, God's not up there, you know, going, man, what am I going to do? Like, that's not, that's not how he works, right? So I'm kind of starting to think right now, I'm like, man, what am, what is God, because he has a, we have a, 
we have an individual relationship with him, each of us. What is God trying to teach me right that's, now? What is the big thing question. I need to be learning through this? And I go back and forth on a few different things. You know, patience is always something that um, I haven't always been a very patient person. I feel like God's had to really work with me on that in my life. And right now I'm like, okay, is it patience still? Is that God? Are we still working on patience? Is there something else you want me to learn now? And I just have to keep looking through it and be like, man, part of it I think is just for my uh, my own um, to not react too quickly and too uh, aggressively. I think that's one thing that I kind of sometimes I'll just jump to saying something that I shouldn't say right away and listen and uh, and love my neighbor as myself. Uh, but yeah, what do you what do you guys think? What's God teaching you right now? Do you know? Because I'm still unclear. Yeah, um, I think that he's. Uh, I I picture in my fear, I picture the church just shrinking. You know, like we don't meet and and we're not producing programs and we're not showing off our really cool property and getting visitors and the church is shrinking. You know what are we gonna do and. Um, <laughs> And part of me is thinking, no, you know, the Lord is actually purifying and strengthening the church. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think, I don't mean it sound bad like that, but I'm just saying, I think, I think that people are getting the idea of what do we, why do we do church in the first place? Why is they're it seeing essential? that it's essential? That's what I mean. There, it's purifying people's whole approach to this. You should do a sermon series on why it's Maybe essential. Maybe I should. That's a good idea. Yeah, I would suggest Acts two forty two. John, what about you? Oh man, I'm sitting here. I trying put to, I put them on the spot uh, with this did. one. By John, the way. have you learned anything? I don't this? think so. I haven't yet. I'm <laughs> still trying so. to figure out what it is. I mean, I'm trying to think of stuff. If you guys are talking, and I'm like, you know, probably I shouldn't have had time to think about it because I'm overthinking it. Now, let me let me say something about John, you and you and Garrett, uh, and for our listeners, these guys have been super busy with the church. Um, super busy. The production stuff, the behind the scenes stuff, all the uh, all the new TV equipment. John was the the uh, pro. How do you say it? Per, uh, procurement. Procurement. Pro, it's a big pro, word. What's the verb? Procurator. Anyway, yeah, that the, sounds good. The noun. Yeah, it's a big noun. But John's been doing. You guys, your heads are. You're busy. John is some, essential. Some people have been. Some people <laughs> have been able to to think a little more. I think yeah. you guys have been running. So. Yeah. You know. I can't. I can't lie. It's pretty fun though. Like we're getting to do some fun stuff too. We're film. We For filmed sure. the Adventure Week um, skits this week, and Gerilyn and I are fortunate to be able to be in. I can't wait. Pretty much the whole thing. Gerilyn wrote the script, and it's it's great. She did an awesome job with it. Yeah. But yeah, it's still pretty fun. It is. It, it. We are all busy, but it's a lot of fun. John got to sleep in the other day. But. Huh. <laughs> Unintentionally, I woke up. I was. I was late. I was late. Yeah. Also, if you don't have an Instagram, um, try to jump on there because the Spring Hills story gets taken over by a different staff member each day um, or team member, and it's a lot of fun. You get to kind of see the behind the scenes of some of the stuff that we're doing and um, how fun it is, how much work it is, and how. Uh, and what we're going to be, what we're leading up to. So Adventure Week really is going to be phenomenal. And one of the big things that I've heard um, said a few times is normally we have four or five, four, maybe, I think it's 400 kids. Is that kind of our max has been yeah. the last couple of years? Yeah, four, 450. 450, somewhere around there. This year, um, we're already up, I think, over 800 signups, 750 signups, somewhere like that. It's going to hit 1,000. And that's that's the kids. And it's in their homes now. So the parents mm-hmm. are going to get to be watching yeah. this too which yeah. is really cool and maybe that's what it is brett They'll maybe god's just yeah. going hey They'll no hear no the no. sound of adventure week 
this is the sound this is the sound of the time machine Ooh, uh, rumbling. True, though. Yeah, yes. so now we're gonna have thousands of um, not just the kids but the parents as well hearing yeah. uh, hearing the gospel. So it's great. And uh, John Barrett, the Jam Packed uh, director, he also is uh, in the skits and he's done a great job too with the teaching and then along with uh, the the rest of the Next Gen team. Yeah. But yeah, so thanks guys for being here. Um, and don't forget, first Wednesday is this Wednesday. So uh, it's we already have uh, have done the the music and the um, Brett did the teaching yesterday and we recorded that. It's going to be awesome. So don't miss out on that. Check out springhills.org or download the Spring Hills app to find out when and where you can stream the first Wednesday service live. Have a great week.